Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the decoration at the top of our holiday tree. Here 
is for center Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa here on a special holiday edition. Hello. Very excited to be there. Hello. Yeah, I like the idea that it, you would put a Star Destroyer on the top of the Christmas tree. I like that. Mm. I like that That's visual it. image. I like it too. <laughs> Which way would it go? Would it be pointing up or would it be just crushing the top? I think crushing with, with uh, pointing out. Wedge sticking out. Wedge sticking out. Maximum eye risk. Yeah. 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 I know you oh. put a squirrel on the top I of your do. Tree. A squirrel oh. mounts the top of my tree. Have we ever discussed... Your obsession with squirrels? Is, is it a thing? I, I, maybe over drinks? I, maybe. Certainly not on the podcast. No, okay. Yeah, all right. I mean, I respect <laughs> it because I, lo- I love squirrels, too. They're awesome, right? Oh. Uh, they're in Studio City, where I used to live, I used to call them the Studio City squirrels. They were oh, yeah. aggressive. They were very forward. And we, me and my roommate had to train one to come across a wood plank and eat out of our hands. Oh, wow. wow. So I, when I, I, you, it reminded me when I saw you put out the picture of uh, it's our yearly squirrel that's <laughs> on the tree. I was like, yeah. Joseph and I should go squirrel, uh, yeah. not hunting, squirrel but watching. Yeah, yeah. Squirrel I, watching. I, I know some spots where I can always find one. I took a photo of the first squirrel I saw in Los Angeles when I was visiting because right. somebody in Minnesota was like, you can't move to Los Angeles. There aren't squirrels there. I'm like, what? What? You're, no. And then, I, and then I was afraid, like, are there not squirrels? And then I saw one. It's like, ha ha. Oh, I'm going to be okay. They oh love it gosh. here. They love taunting dogs, too. <laughs> what a wonderful way to start this podcast, Jen. Take us back to reality. I oh took us down boy. a weird path. How are you? I'm good, and I'm I'm envisioning your Ewok uh, no, yeah. figure over there. I would not figure, life-size figure, with yeah. a Santa hat in Ooh, my mind. Oh, yeah. He's festive. If I decorated for Christmas, that would be great. My Ewok from Tree of Endor on Etsy. Um, I, uh, I love Christmas. Um, don't because my old job I didn't get to celebrate it much. I've never put a decoration up on my own. Wow. Oh wow! I've never done it. I just yeah. I'm always like, hey, you know, in a couple weeks it'll be done. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, yeah, I have had that attitude in the past, and my wife has thankfully talked me out of it that's and get to enjoy our our Christmas. It's treat. great. My mother. Big decorations every year. We put we have our traditions. Christmas morning, while we were playing with our toys, she start start taking down the decorations every year. <laughs> we're done. I think that's where I got it. That's where I yeah, got it. That's a little restless. Yeah. Um, I get it. I get it. Before we really dive in, and I want to hear about holiday plans here. Uh, we want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, and I'm sure any new device that will be created from now until next year. Yeah. <laughs> so check it out. A little bit later, we're going to have our uh, Force Center recommends. But first, I want to hear about holiday plants. This is a holiday. It's it's Christmas week. Um, this is a special edition here on Christmas Eve. Uh, uh, f- f- two questions. I want to yeah. know, Joseph, your holiday plans, but also, did you have a tradition uh, uh, Christmas um, uh, where, where you got to open up a gift the night before? Yeah, so my family actually opened. It was the other way from most people. And I yeah. think this is a, a, a Scandinavian tradition because my mm. uh, family is mostly uh, Norwegian and Swedish uh, and English. Uh, so we would open all of our presents on Christmas Eve, and then we just have the one that Santa brought in the morning. Mm. And there was no illusion that anyone but Santa had given you your presents <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And then Santa would give you one other thing. Yeah. And it even it wasn't even the biggest thing. Yeah, it would just be like, uh, yeah, Santa dropped by, and yeah, he got uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, here's a here's here's a pack of trading cards. Thanks, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Christmas Eve, in some ways, is like Christmas Eve is the big deal to me, and yeah. then Christmas is the you just relax and you play with your toys a little bit. I I like I like that we had we had the Christmas not even morning, 
but Christmas was the big gift thing, uh, you know, and for, we're all fortunate enough to have gifts and live a good life. Yeah. yeah, that was great. But my mother, Christmas Eve, and even the week leading up to would be like, you want to open one? You want to open one? And I, <laughs> to this day, am like, nah, I'm good. I'd rather wait to yeah. Christmas or when I'm supposed to get, like, my birthday or something. And, like, even my girlfriend now, she's like, what would you get me for Christmas? I'm not, I'm not telling you. No. She's like, no, I need to know. And it drives her crazy that she doesn't know. <laughs> so... Uh, Christmas Eve might have been okay. My mother would have liked to go to the Scrimshaw house. Okay, yeah, yeah, get them open nice and soon, yeah. <laughs> Jen, Interesting. your I, holiday traditions? Yeah, we well, we're enacting some new traditions now. My Ooh. daughter, you know, is excited for Santa. We've been watching the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. She really likes yeah. that film. Uh, so, but we're going to be going to Boston for Christmas. Ooh. And I am preparing Shipping for up to Hoth. Boston. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. you guys. I do not like the cold. My holidays have always mm. been in California. California, Southern California, 80 degree Christmases. Ooh. That's my Christmas. <laughs> Did you get the Empire Strikes Back crew jacket for this occasion? I wanted it from Columbia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wanted it. I And I actually, I need it. Yeah, you because do. I, Layers. Because I thought, my husband's like, we're, we're, we don't even know if there's going to be snow. I'm like, I don't care. I'm buying wool socks. I'm buying long underwear. Yeah. I was going to say, so long underwear, that is the way to go. Really? The, the, you, you get insulated, right? Yeah. Because then if somebody talks to you into outside winter fun and you're crunching through the snow. Oh, no. First, you can pretend that you're Luke for a little while, and that's yeah. fun for a little while as you're stumbling around in the snow. But then, oh, the, the coldness seeps in between the boots. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to be like Luke. Hey. I'm going to fall in the snow. <laughs> if uh, if Scrimshaw's <laughs> talking about long underwear from Minnesota, that guy knows what he's talking about. Oh, my gosh. Is this an in-law thing? It's an in-law okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. Now, so. you have a hot Leia jacket, though, right? I do. Is it just decorative? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that one actually is really decorative. It is not warm <laughs> okay. at all. I had to order something from North Face. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's the way yeah. to do it. Holiday <sighs> plans. Joseph, what do you got going on? Yeah, there? so uh, last year, Sarah and I went home to, to Minnesota and had a more traditional. Okay, uh, but, yeah. But we have our new tradition since we've been in Los Angeles, which mm-hmm. is just indulgent and great and wonderful. Nice. Sarah makes some food, and we watch whatever we want to on Christmas oh, Eve. Yeah. Wow. And then we get up, and we uh, Sarah likes to open presents on Christmas morning, so now we open them on Christmas morning. Okay. That's fine. We have a tradition where, and we just did this as we're recording this past weekend, where we go to a mall mm-hmm. with a set level of cash each, and then we buy some stuff for each other there so we don't have to hide you know, purchases online. It's not this long, tortured thing. Uh-huh. This year we each had 60 bucks set loose in the Glendale Galleria in the Americana. Yeah, oh, boy. And then, you know, try not to run into each other at Barnes & Noble and see yeah. what the other's buying the other. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then we'll we'll go to a movie on Christmas Day. Interesting, interesting. Oh, Probably going to see Jen Urso is Ruth Bader Ginsburg right. on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, that gl- gallery is big. I've done. Some, I've worked. I've worked there before. It's big. You can get it's lost big. there. You, there's a lot going I on have. between that and the the yeah. uh, the Americana. Well, it's, yeah, there's a lot lots. going on. Don't fall into that fountain, <laughs> Jen. Other than traveling to Boston, holiday plans? No, that's just it. keeping warm. That's it. Cider. Find some calico critters for my daughter. Uh, maybe some Star Wars Legos. That's about it. Sounds like my Christmas too. <laughs> yeah, just calico critters, right? For Ken. <laughs> yeah. The maple cat. Are you family. going home? Yeah, I am. I am home. As as you're listening to this now, I am home in Royal Grande, California, Aww. near Pismo Beach, where it does get cold, no snow, but it can get down to 25 degrees at Ooh. night because yeah. we are right, by, right there by the beach. Um, so down there, just a little quiet family thing, and and we've kind of all moved past like 
a ton of gifts if that's a way. It's okay. just like, I know I, I, and in fact, I already know my gift. Okay. So you just get there, <laughs> you take the Christmas tree down immediately. Yes. Yes. <laughs> help mom, help mom clean up, have some food. My dad loves cooking and, uh, you know, he, he is the typical, like I got the grill going and got your Christmas burger going and, um, probably why he had a heart attack and why I'm trying not to eat a lot of meat now. But, um, yeah, so it, it'll be a quiet Christmas. Okay. And I like that. Got the Christmas burger going. Yeah, That's Christmas. Great. It's oh, like it's nice. like Father of the Bride, Steve Martin. Here, here's your groom burger and your bride burger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be that. So uh, that's what we're doing. What are you guys doing? Well, send us pictures. If you got some Star Wars related yeah. gifts, oh, yeah. send us some pictures on Twitter, maybe even on Instagram. Tag us, Facebook. Let us know. We'll we'll share in the joy of what your Star Wars Christmas was like. And if you're not celebrating Christmas, but you have a you have a cool Star Wars uh, toy you just want to share, do that as well. Uh, before we get going into our audience questions, you guys sent us some great questions. We want to recommend an audio book for you to try. Joseph, this is a great choice. Yeah, we are recommending Rebel Rising by Beth Revis. Uh, and we are recommending it just because, damn it, we like it. And we think everyone <laughs> should hear this. This is a great book. Fleshes out uh, Jen Erso and the whole story of Rogue One. It really does. And sometimes some people can say, hey... You know, maybe a lot, lot more of this stuff should have been in Rogue One. I understand that. But I think, and I just said this to someone else, and it's coming out on a podcast, so I don't want to spoil it. We are talking about Rogue One, and I was like, please, please for me, can you read Rebel Rising, Catalyst, and the Rogue One novel, mm. and you will enjoy that era of yep. Star Wars storytelling. Yep. And Beth Revis did a great job. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. It's free to you, but it helps the show. It really, really does. All right, we're going to go into questions. We put some questions, uh, call for questions uh, to you all out there, and you guys submit questions for every show every week, but this is all your questions. You are guiding us through the Star Wars galaxy. So shall we dive in, Jen? Yes, there are some meaty questions from social media. First up is Rudy Stratton Matthews, who asks, what are the chances that Liam Neeson will reprise his role of Qui-Gon in Episode Nine? I think it would bookend the trilogy of trilogies beautifully. Ken, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love Qui-Gon. Uh-huh. I love Qui-Gon. <laughs> uh, I really do love Qui-Gon. I... I just, yeah, I don't think, I, I think, I think Liam would do it. I don't think, I don't think it fits in. I don't want the Force Ghost Council to show up. Right. Um, but I want more with Qui-Gon. In fact, I, I was pleasantly surprised and disappointed. I went to my comic shop recently to finally, I go about once a month now, and I finally went to pick up the Age of the Public comics. Uh-huh. Got the mall one, Qui-Gon, gone. Sold Qui-Gon out. sold out. Off the really? shelf. Yeah, getting great reviews. Yes. And oh. so I'm going to have to order it, especially. Uh, and the, the, the mall one is great. Jodie Hauser. I yep. really want to see more of her in Star Wars. Cause she 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 understands that she got she's got it she's yeah. got it she's digging down to the, digging the bones down. the roots. So uh, as of your as of this recording, I do not know <laughs> how Qui Gon went. So I'm all on board. I just don't think this will happen. Yeah, Joseph, how how would Qui Gon fit into the Episode Nine story? Yeah, I, the, to me, the only possibility is if on Kylo's side or Rey's side, there is some sort of reckoning with the journey of the Skywalkers and the fate of the Jedi. Mm. Like, uh, the, the, I think the ideas that connect the, uh, the, the trilogy of trilogies, uh, as Rudy puts it, is this idea of the Chosen One. Mm-hmm. Who is the Chosen One? What is balance? How can the Jedi fulfill their goal of truly being a good force in the galaxy? If there's some way to tell that story 
in a way that does have Ray or Kylo kind of confront a force vision, mm-hmm. a force reception, mm-hmm. you know, a, a force high school reunion. I can see Qui-Gon having a place at that mm-hmm. table. Mm-hmm. If it, you know, if it is, you know, I, I've pitched this before, it won't happen. But if it is like Luke's amazing force power is to force Kylo to truly see himself, mm. you know, to be in the force and to have Qui-Gon appear to say, this is why I, I you know, thought Anakin was the chosen one. And this is how you need to follow through. Like, I think there are some some possibilities. I don't know how likely it is, but mm-hmm. yeah, I I can't I can't wrap my brain around where he would fit. The only way I think it would work would be in some sort of uh, voice voiceover of Force back, kind of like what we saw with the, the Force mm-hmm. Awakens. Yeah, uh, but otherwise, yeah, it is kind of like the parade of Force goes. Mm-hmm. Bring them all out. Yeah. Yeah. this is your life. I, mean, I guess if they went to some place kind of like the World Between Worlds, mm-hmm. oh, where we sure. heard all those voices dance around, but they had something pertinent to say. If George Instead Lucas just, yeah. was making Episode Nine, I'd say eighty yes. percent. Yeah, that something like that would happen, and he'd make it work. Yeah, yeah. it'd be weird. Liam Neeson would do it. it. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. super down. He, he's great. totally, he totally, yeah, totally yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. He, he and Sam Jackson. I think they want a <laughs> Qui Gon Mace buddy comedy. There's a fan film I want to see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so from Jake Nutting, he asks, "How do you feel about the Mandalorian and Episode Nine being released so close together? Is there a danger of fatigue or overload happening, considering each is likely to have a similar?" marketing scale and timeline will each project have enough time to breathe i'm slightly worried we'll get caught up in a a compare and contrast scenario which could cause more rifts in the fandom i have the same thought joseph we need some counseling yeah how are they gonna do this well i think we don't know for sure the timing of the mandalorian right we know the timing of disney plus being right now fall of 2019 right Mm -hmm. right and it would make sense that disney plus would want to launch with some star wars content Mm -hmm. but that doesn't all add up to for sure the mandalorian is hitting the screens in september if it is i do think they have a juggling job to do because that's when advertising for episode nine is kicking into high gear so i hope that they hold mandalorian for 2020 yeah i hope that episode nine is this huge feast they have already telling us pretty explicitly we are advertising this is the end of the skywalkers the Mm. end of star wars as you have known it oh, by the way, here's your next meal. Mm. It is going to continue. It is going to be different, but it's still going to be the Star Wars you know. I think that's the best way to do it. Right. Yeah, this, this is a great question, Jake, because the, the danger fatigue is, is, is real, even though we as fans love it. I, I feel it more like I'll, I'll just sit, I'll be at home and I'll put on Solo, I'll put on Rogue One, I'll put on, you know, that's why I love that they're on the Netflix and stuff, it's just easy. A couple yeah. buttons and I've got Star Wars on my screen, but the books started to wear me down. And I love all of them, but it's like, another one, another one. All right, all right. We got to get in the mindset. I got to read Star Wars. So there is some there is some threat of fatigue. And then, yeah, with the fandom and everything, spring 2020 is when I want Mandalorian. Oh, oh wow. Spring 2020, uh, because we will have had Game of Thrones. Not that you have to be a fan of both, but for me and a lot of people, Game of Thrones in spring 2019, that ends. We got the prequel coming in. It's like So I'm used to a big television-based event around springtime. That isn't mm. WrestleMania. So um, <laughs> I really like that and give me enough time. Now we saw that same kind of time frame, eight and solo, but I think that'll be viewed differently. Yeah. You know? I think there's also, uh, and you were the first one to, to make me think about this, Jennifer. I think there is also this huge difference between is this a Netflix binge dump where all yeah. whatever many episodes of Mandalorian get dumped, or is this a week to week thing where as fans we get to celebrate 
pontificate wonder together. And I think that's, uh, for me, if it was middle of January and the first episode comes out on Disney Plus and it's weekly and every Friday we get to come together as Star Wars fans, I think that'd be great. I, yeah, I felt like they were rushing. It kind of feels like they're rushing to get this made. So initially I was like, oh, this is going to be with the launch of Disney Plus. But now that we're talking about it, 2020 is wide open. They they would be silly not to take advantage of that when mm-hmm. that could be the you know the water cooler moment yeah. for them. Maybe January, maybe spring. I do think it's happening in 2020 the more I think about it. The binge aspect is interesting because let's just say in October... Disney Plus Butts opens up there, as we've named right. it here. Center. <laughs> um, and Mandalorian's, what, eight, ten episodes? I can't remember. Uh, it's around that. Yeah, it's around that, ha- right? Has there been confirmation? I, I thought it was ten. I, I think thought, it's it's but, in the ballpark yeah. of ten, because I, I'm going to, it's because almost everything is. Right? Yeah, 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 and I'm going by the director cast, right. the director list. Oh, right, episodes. of the ten episodes yeah. for the directors, you're right. Mm-hmm. So, let's just say it's October. Ten, ten weeks, if they do it weekly, you're pushing up against episode nine. Yeah. And I, I think mo- most people want the weekly versus the binge for this show, but that, that's not everybody. If it was all dropped in October and you binge it and you're done and we we, we eat it like it's cake at a birthday party, <laughs> then episode nine has got a moment. Yeah. But if it's 10 weeks of a show, we're going to be like, cool, I'm going to watch episode nine. I just got to finish Mandalorian finale. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't know when Clone Wars is. Correct. And oh. in theory, Resistance is not a one season show. So Resistance would be coming back in the fall of 2019 as well. Correct. And Resistance is going to have a totally different dance with episode nine because yeah. it's in the same general time <laughs> frame, but not directly leading up to episode nine. So, yeah. That's a lot. Right. Yeah. Oof. Get ready. Oh, gosh. Which is <laughs> Get that's, ready. That's a whole I didn't even think. I don't want to go to that. We, resistance, because it's animated. Is probably locked and loaded already. Some mm-hmm. of the seasons, yeah. season two, yeah. They, but they don't know episode nine yet. Yeah, or all of it. You know, they might not have an outline or script or something, but they're still making that thing. Yeah, Ooh. I think to Ryan Johnson going, I'm going to put the dice in episode eight, and JJ going, I cut that scene. <laughs> Oops. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. That's a we're gonna yeah. do an episode on that. Well, we will. We'll talk <laughs> about resistance timing. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. From Kyle Wilson, he asks, or she asks, uh, since Galaxy's Edge is supposed to be canon, how do you think the cast members should react whenever they see someone dressed as Darth Vader <laughs> or carrying a replica lightsaber? <laughs> Ken, are you going to be uh, dressed as Vader? Uh, am I going to be dressed as Vader? Um, no, no, but now I want to. That's a great point. Because I think it, if, if a fan is dressed as, if, if a park guest is dressed as Vader, I think there should be a reaction. And then if another cast member sees, runs into Vader, there should be a reaction. Ah, yeah. I think it should just be reactions. So I'm wandering around eating my turkey leg. I want to see a fight <laughs> between Vader and someone. Yeah. Right. You're a hapabar <laughs> yeah. limb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think that they should be totally in, in universe. I think if they see a lightsaber, they should be shocked and be like, <gasps> Those weapons are very rare. Where did you get that? How could that possibly be? Like mm. you're not if you're a Jedi, you better keep it quiet. Like all those kind of things. I think sure. they should lean into it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Vader, I think they should either be like terrified, mm-hmm. or I think they should acknowledge that Vader is, you know, a threat that they think is out of the galaxy timeline wise. Because mm. this is all uh resistance era. Right. Allegedly. So I think they should be like, that don't you, do you know what that armor means? You shouldn't just wear that armor casually. It's terrifying. It's mm-hmm. got a history. Mm. I mm. would say that actually you're not allowed to dress up in costume when you go to Disneyland. They don't let you. That's true. So right. The only Ooh. the scenario I what could hap- see. I'm sorry. To yeah? What happens when you just like, try to walk in as Vader? Supposedly they they would tell you that you have to go home and change. I mean that's <laughs> that's where like, the whole like Disney bounding came about yeah. was to get around because a lot of uh, young women wanted to dress like as a princess is, yeah. and some people have excellent sewing skills, and that competes with the actual princesses. Yeah. Right. So that's where the whole costume bounding. So that's when someone you thought was the gardener suddenly walks up to you and identifies <laughs> yeah. himself as Disney security, and you're asked to leave. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they have a strict dress code, but yeah. you know, with the with the way things are, maybe like a kid might have like a hoodie that has a Darth Vader cape on it. Yeah. That's the scenario where I could see. Or obviously, if they're going to be selling lightsabers, mm-hmm. I think it's going to happen more with kids where you're like, oh, are you are you a Jedi? Oh, yeah. then, you know, blah blah blah. You can go. So that's where the fun will happen. Fair enough. Yeah. But hopefully there won't be any adults walking around unless it's the actual Darth Vader, which would be 
right me. But I, ju- I do really like that idea of some weird alien being like, is that Darth Vader on your shoes? <laughs> you, got, you got Darth Vader shoes? Yeah, that's what you're taught to do. You know, you're supposed to react with the kids. And, you know, oh, they're addressing awesome. a princess outfit. I always be like, oh, you're a princess as well. Oh. So, <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'd be a little You wouldn't more, challenge uh, the kid? That can only be one. Well, Aladdin would sometimes, yeah, oh, would, yeah. would do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. that's fun. Uh, good times. From Hunter Ewing, what life lessons from Star Wars have been most applicable to your life experience this year? Any conscious or subconscious experiences that were pulled from or parallel to your life looking back? Joseph, you're always Ooh. about the subconscious. I think about Ooh. you with dreams. Oh, yeah, boy, Ooh. dreams. I don't know. I, I just feel like there's so many ideas in the sequel trilogy. Like last week I was talking about Spider-Verse. Like there's so many ideas that I think are kind of what we're, we're thinking about culturally about um what your legacy is and what do you owe uh, the other generation and that some of our coming of age challenges never end and we have to face those again i i think that stuff is really embedded in me i've been trying specifically to be mindful of being more patient mm. so i think that is a big thing in star wars uh and lots of other media i like but like i actively do try to like let people in like when they're trying to pull out of you know, a, a parking spot or whatever. Cause it's just like, it, it, I think about Star Wars a lot when I'm driving because it's like, Hey, I could kind of get cranky and buzz past them or I could go, eh, they're being a little bit of a jerk trying to push through. But if I do this nice thing of slowing down and letting them in, I am putting a little positivity in the world. Mm. And then what if that driver lets somebody else in and then traffic will actually flow better and fu- yeah. actually function better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so That's that nice thing. But then like philosophically of like, if you put a kindness into the world, hopefully, another kindness will generate and it will move on and on. I like wow, that. I like Ken. that. This is deep stuff here. You know, coming into 2018, uh, weird year for me personally, losing my job at the beginning of the year and last Jedi's just out. So we, the one, the movement, I think we, and, and a lot of people say it and they do attribute it to us, but speculate responsibly. It was a four center centric idea. Yeah. Here. It's our t-shirt. Um, but that came out of, we all had expectations going into eight and, and then we, you have to kind of be open for what's actually put in front of you. And that's a big thing, you know, when I lost my job and what's going to happen and then what and you start to stress the stress, just, just live, live responsibly, I guess, not speculate responsibly, but just be open to what's coming down the path mm. and what you wanted might not be what you get like a good Rolling Stone song or something there. But, uh, eight outside of the story of star Wars taught me that too. Uh, just kind of, you might have your ideas. It's fun to, have goals and expect, but things will always change and to yeah. be open to that. And how do you adapt from that in story for uh, last Jedi coming into the year was a lot about growing old for the, you know, and Bresnikan said it, you know, the, the, the story's about growing old just as it is growing up. Mm. That's kind of new for Star Wars. That's why I love it. And that Yoda scene, the mentors and everything. And that's impressed upon me to make sure you're looking to the, the generation behind you for a lot of things. Uh, letting them lead, uh, passing things on. And as a Star Wars fan, cultivating the love of Star Wars for the, the ones that come behind you. And that's important yeah. too. too. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yes. That's wow. a, it's, it's, it, Star Wars is deep at times. It's very yeah. deep. You know, and I think that The Last Jedi did dominate the, the discussion at the, yeah. at the beginning. Well, quite frankly, all this year. It's I, still going. It's still going. But I do think about being open to things. And I think about Solo and how I really did not want Solo. Mm. I was didn't know if I was thrilled about Alden Ehrenreich being cast. The whole thing. And I went in with an open mind. And I loved it. 
And that was such a big lesson to me as a Star Wars fan that we always have these ideas of what we want or what we think should be made or what should be done. But at the end of the day, we just sit down and, you know, when the lights go out, we just just let ourselves get taken over by these these stories. We can have fun. So that was my life lesson. That's a good one. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. I love Solo. Yeah. I think there's so many great life yeah. lessons in Star Wars. I think that general self-forgiveness from Luke mm-hmm. to admit, like, yes, I did make mistakes. I'm yeah. not saying it's not a problem, but you acknowledge it and you move on. That's a great one for everybody, too. Yeah, absolutely. All Love. right. So uh, those are all of our questions from social media. Now we're going to move on to our questions that we got from our patrons on Patreon. Uh, and I should note uh, that we got a lot of great questions, uh, and I, I'm keeping track of them both on social media and uh, Patreon. So if we don't get to your question in this special Q&A episode, we still will get to your question because a bunch of great ones. So with that in mind, Joshua Frutos, I apologize if I have mangled your name, uh, asks, the sequel trilogy Backlash seems very similar to the backlash that the prequels received when they first came out. So my question is, what backlash do you guys think was worse, the prequels or the sequels? Mm. I should also say, we, in, our, in our Patreon segment in particular, we, we got a couple of different questions kind of wrestling with the dark side and the light side of mm. Star Wars, and it felt uh, it felt right to address those. So we're yeah. gonna. So we all lived through the uh, the great. We fought in the prequel wars. <laughs> uh, what do you What do you think about this, Jennifer? Do you think it's the same? The prequel backlash and the sequel backlash. It's hard for me because I was a part of the prequel backlash. So, oh, that's a little yeah, awkward. I recall uh, one uh, one uh, young lady making a video of burning a Jar Jar figure. I recall that. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, but Fair I, enough. I would actually say that I do believe that the sequel backlash feels worse only because of social media. Yeah. And I do feel like there is see, and, and it's hard for me because I know that we've heard from Ahmed Best that he's gotten mm-hmm. he got a lot of, of awful, hateful comments directed towards him during that era. Uh, but it does feel like now not just the creators and the actors are getting the hate, but like fans are just fighting with each other that are from these trolls, shall we call them? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Haters, whatever. Maybe they're not haters. Maybe you just don't like the films and you're just angry about it. So <sighs> social media makes it feel worse, mm-hmm. but the prequels, whew, yeah. there was a lot of anger yeah. around that time. Yeah, I, I try to be grateful for something like at least once a day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if I have nothing else to be grateful about, I'm just grateful that social media didn't exist when the prequels came out. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it is, it, I, it, it is hard to compare them because it does change it massively. Yeah. yeah. My experience of the prequels was that they weren't, people did not speculate responsibly. They just mm-hmm. wanted the experience that they had when they were kids. Right. right. And that's not what the prequels are at all. And it was just a lot to me. My experience of it was just a lot of snark of just like yeah. if the conversation yes. came up with your other geek friends about Star Wars, people would roll their eyes. They would make what got to be very repetitive jokes about Jar Jar and mm-hmm. George Lucas and Yippee and point out the exact same what they perceived as uh, plot point flaws yeah. again and again. But then the conversation would kind of move on to. And that's why I like The Matrix so much until The Matrix sequels yeah. came out. And that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. But I don't know. It was, to me, I experienced it more as people being snarky and I was able to just kind of go in my bubble and go like, yeah, I know they have problems, but I enjoy them. Yeah, I mean, the prequels, it's, it's pretty intense. And you look at 
what it did. It derailed careers with Ahmed Best and, right. and almost ended his life. And, and did horrible damage to Jake Lloyd. Ruined yeah. Jake Lloyd. I mean, yeah. and that's one of the tragedies. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it, it sent George Lucas eventually away, mm-hmm. in a way, in a way. And, and that's I'm summarizing or paraphrasing. That's a certain point of view. Um, but even then, Katie Lucas, you know, going back to your Happy Beeps episode, Jennifer pointed she left Twitter in 2011. Yeah. So, but what your point is about the snark and everything, I go to that too. Overall, it seemed like a simpler time. Yeah. Where, yeah, you, you know, it, it ruined our child. All these things, it was like jokes, it was this and that. And um, now I what, what bums me out the most is like, I was telling this, telling this to someone the other day. I would love, Holdo's one of my favorite characters in The Last Jedi, but I would love to have a nerdy in-story discussion about some of the mistakes I think that character made. You know, I would love to have that discussion. Go, yeah, maybe she should have told Poe this. And because back in 2001, we could have had that discussion with Phantom Menace, right? Now I can't, I don't feel as I can have that conversation because then someone's going to take that and use it either against or for or everything for some other argument. And that are some sometimes very important social arguments and stuff like that. Yeah. But then I feel then there's a 12-minute YouTube clip about you know, forced feminism in Star Wars or this and that, where I'm just like, oh, now it's now it's more intense. And that's why I choose to always be on the celebratory side because I don't feel it. it's not taken as you know, Star Wars being poke fun at Star Wars. Absolutely. And now I don't feel like I can poke fun at Star Wars as much because mm-hmm. it's taken wrong, used wrong. That's what's changed. And that's going back to social media, I think. Mm. If any of that makes sense, where it's just like now it's like, now I don't feel like I'm discussing a nerd point in Star Wars. Yeah, a strategy of the rebels. Now it's like, oh, well, that bah, 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 bah. right. Yeah. It is. It is literally impossible to separate it from battles of reality down to the actual study of Russian trolls going, hey, yeah. we want <laughs> to uh, fracture the American psyche. Yeah. And one of the ways we can do that is fighting about Holdo online. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. It's yeah, so it's personal, weird. too. Like before, yeah. when I would get into debates with people way back when it was just like, ah, you know, I can't believe you like that. Blah, 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 whatever. It's very there was a lightheartedness to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's very much like you are an awful person that could. How could you possibly like The Last Jedi is the worst piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, the SJW. There's just so much more like hate and vitriol where yeah. it was not. I would never have said that to yeah. anybody that liked the prequels ever. I mean, it just yeah. was not at that level. There was just so much more love for each other. And it's like, you would always kind of find common ground. Even if you would get into a debate with someone, it's like, yeah, okay, but we both love, you know, whatever yeah. it is. About yeah. And I think we're all reflecting on our, our interactions were mainly in person. In right. Person. And we, yep. we know from like, uh, people tweeting about the experiences they had, if they were on like a, a group chat thing, yeah. uh, back in the mm-hmm. late nineties, early two thousands, that they did experience that same level of vitriol Correct. and anger and hate, because yes. I think it is, it does just speak to that. We feel okay to communicate with so much more hate yeah. when we're not face to face. And, and, and one of the, one of the, I think the positive side effects, I'll say this, I, it's something that actually I, I had to remind myself and kind of learn the other day. You all know, I make jokes. I don't like star Wars legends, right? I don't like, I don't like 90% of star Wars legends and I'll rip into it. And I don't think Mara Jade's a good character. I think winter is silly. Someone, I saw some, someone tweet the other day, um, a, a female fan was like, I winter and Mara Jade and some other characters were like inspirational female characters for me in a time. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I, I do. I do have to be aware of that. Yeah. And I think that's a positive aspect too. Like, all right, my silly opinion, which is an opinion, but 
it, you know, be be respectful of what other uh, the impact it might have on some other person. That's that's an okay thing. Yeah, yeah. that's an okay that's thing. Good. But yeah. it's definitely different. It's not like yeah. an AOL chat room. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not, not a chat room. Uh, I do think the backlash is similar in that it will fade. I think yes. the white hot intensity of the anger will fade. And it won't be the thing that we're battling about. And I think it will get yeah. better, just like it has with the prequels. I mean, it, one of the most unbelievable moments of my life is somebody coming at me on Twitter because they thought I had to prove that I like the prequels. Like, I spent, <laughs> I just stopped myself from swearing. I oh spent this gosh. many years of my life oh enduring <laughs> criticism in battles with friends for liking the prequels too much. And now someone is going to come at me for liking them too much. No, sir. I will not have that discussion. Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. So it changes. It obviously yeah. changes. Moving on to, uh, I think, a little bit more of a, uh, a positive uh, side of this conversation. Uh, Victorio Bracamontes says... Uh, That's my new favorite name ever. It's, it's a nice mm-hmm. name. With the current division in the fandom, does it make it harder to just enjoy Star Wars? I find myself tired sometimes of defending why I actually enjoy the sequels uh, slash new canon around the office, where I just keep quiet now when others speak about Star Wars. So I think this one is an opportunity uh, for a little bit of uh, group Star Wars counseling about Mm -hmm. how to remain excited and how to have those Mm -hmm. conversations. Uh, Ken, do you end up having these kinds of conversations where people know like you're a quote unquote Star Wars guy who spends a lot of time thinking and talking about it and they want to unburden themselves about how much they don't like the new movies? (laughs) Yes. I just had that experience on a podcast that's yet to come out. So I I, I mentioned it last week. So I don't want to I don't want to step on it too much. Um, But I just had this where I was brought in. But it was done positively. Okay, So it was not like, let's debate this. It was like, hey, I'm a Star Wars fan. I don't like this one particular movie. Can you come in? Because I know you do. Maybe share your joy. And in the end of the day, I couldn't. Because what they didn't didn't like, and people listen, uh, 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 was things that I just, at the end of the day, if you feel that way, and one of the examples I'll give was they're like, uh, when Gold Leader showed up in Rogue One, it just looked like it was archive footage. And I was like, well, it, 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 it was. It is. Yeah. So yeah. if you can't get behind that, then I can't, cor- not correct, that's not the right word, but I can't, can't help you. I can't help you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Victorio, it, it, it does get all, I get really tense sometimes. And I see some of my friends online tweeting. It's one guy in particular. I won't, I won't say him. He likes likes the Houston Astros a lot. He'll tweet some stuff. I'm like, come on, man. Just let, just let us. And you're not even taking two seconds to look into it. Yeah, I get like the Thalassiren scene. We know one of our. I think it's one of our collectively favorite scenes oh, in Last yeah. Jedi yeah. because of what it means. There's some subtext there uh, of Luke and looking at Ray and this is who I am now. And you like this and I got this milk <laughs> on my beard. Yeah, I'm beard milk man. Yeah. Is that who you want to train with? But if you like awesome. look at me, you're like. Yeah, that stupid scene with the 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 milk and the space cow. If that's a, that's where you stop, yeah. then I am no longer going to worry about reaching across to, to help you. You ha- you enjoy it your way or not enjoy it. Yep. I'm going to enjoy it my way. And Victoria, put, sometimes you just have to do that. Put your hand on their shoulder and just quote Obi Wan Kenobi, and you're like, "Our destinies lie along different paths." <laughs> and it's fine. And and because because that the. Uh, you know, sorry, I'm monologuing here, but it, it's because it's, I do. I feel I deal with a lot, and I have to remind myself of this a lot, Victoria. I'm just like sometimes it's just I just want to enjoy Star Wars, but I'm in this media, wonderful media, fortunate to be in this media discussion world about Star Wars. But yeah, it does. You just kind of have to 
Enjoy it the way you enjoy it. Yeah. Jennifer, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Earlier this year, I found myself getting <laughs> angry a lot by you know these YouTube videos that are meant to rile people up. Or I'd see discussions on Twitter specifically, and I just, uh, oh, it would get me so angry. And I thought, well, wait a minute. This is not... This is not what Star Wars is for me. So we were talking about being in this nerd bubble, right? Mm -hmm. I've kind of had to go in my own little bubble within the bubble where I just tune it all out and just kind of get zen about it. And I get excited when I see an Ewok Christmas shirt or sweater that I just mm -hmm. ordered from Box Lunch. <laughs> or I you know, I take a moment to watch Solo again or watch a scene from Revenge of the Sith. And it's like, oh, that's right. That's why my life is about Star Wars is because I love these stories or reading the Star about the Star Wars archives book and, and getting into George's mind. It just brings me back to what I love about Star Wars. And that's where I have to go back to and kind of tune out this online stuff that is meant, quite frankly, for views, clicks, and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. So. Yeah. I found on YouTube the button I love the most is that not interested button. Oh. <laughs> and it starts taking some of that stuff out of your algorithm. Yeah. And, and it's not crucial. about putting yourself in an echo chamber, because I hear that. No. Oh, you don't want to be an echo. Yeah, no, 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 I know. But again, that, going back to the previous answer, they're not having a good-hearted, faithful discussion or in-good-faith discussion about Holdo's leadership skills. Right. They're... They're using it to hammer over the head. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. like the Pal Palpatine saying, yeah. like, oh, you want to shoot down the Death Star? What, you're not interested in different points of view? Like, right. no, yeah, we're not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I have found myself in these conversations, too, where people just that I meet for other things actually happened at a couple of, like, Hollywood meeting-type projects mm. where people are like, hey, you like that Star Wars? And right. like, yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's always in, like, what do you think about these new ones? Yeah, and I, I don't know. know. Right? I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> So I've gotten I've gotten used to trying to have the position of I'm going to listen yeah. to everything you don't like and then I'm going to say I understand I think they have their flaws but I love them and I'll pick whatever reason seems the best for that conversation and say but here's the thing I really love and I think is really important and I really appreciate them from that perspective yeah. and usually that makes it a more pleasant conversation mm -hmm. But I, I think the biggest thing, and it kind of goes to being in that bubble, is just anybody who tries to tell you that a movie is garbage mm -hmm. is incorrect because <laughs> we have some objective meters, yeah. but they're, they're, films are subjective, yep. and you get to decide. It's not like at the end of the year we're going to tally the votes yeah. <laughs> from our YouTube fights yeah. in Last Jedi will be declared a good movie and preserved or bad and burned forever like yeah. there's no there's not going to be an answer and yeah. if you enjoy star wars you should enjoy star wars and just don't let anyone ever uh you know actually get get close to, to yeah. hurting your love of it because it's your love it's your joy it's your opinion yeah there's there's a, what you described as a great scene in season three of game of thrones where where davos after the battle of blackwater is on a rock he's been shipwrecked you know essentially shipwrecked and someone comes to rescue him, and he's like, "They're like, what were you doing?" He's like, "I was in the battle, serving the king." Which king? Mm. He answers his heart. He's an he answers truth. Stannis Baratheon, the one true king. Okay, great. Here's a rope. We'll help you. If it was the wrong answer, they would find him. But he he stayed true to himself. So those conversations, Joseph, we've all the tension and anxiety. Oh, you're a Star Wars fan, huh? And you wait for it, <laughs> uh -huh. and you wait for it. What do you think about the new one? <laughs> and I always answer, I love him. Yeah. Yep. And that might dictate how the next ten minutes goes. <laughs> But I answer, I love him. And I think yeah. Victoria and everyone else, 
Stay true to yourself. Yeah, totally understand that it can get tiring, but there's always places to go to come celebrate Star Wars like here at Force Center. Moving on, Eric Godet asks, any chance J.J. throws everyone a curveball and Ray goes to the dark side in Episode Nine with Daisy's acting skills? That would be awesome. Then we can spend the next 15 years debating if she will be <laughs> redeemed in Episode Ten, a decade or two from now. I think there's some real clairvoyance about how the marketing of Star Wars works. The possibilities open in the future. Uh, but yeah. Jennifer, what do you think about the possibility of Ray going to the dark side? I think if it was a different director, maybe. But <laughs> I, I think JJ would only do it as like you know she's she's Ray's using this for some for some reason. She's pretending basically, which that'd be mm. pretty tough to pretend. Uh, so yeah, I I don't think it's going to happen. But I like your point about Daisy's acting skills. I think I think. I'd love to see her in that type of a role where she explores that dark side of herself. Yeah, <laughs> those angry screams in like Last Jedi when she's fighting, those battle cries. Ooh, oh man, good great stuff. stuff. Yeah, I, I think a swerve at best, uh, whether she fakes it or, or plays with it a little bit, I don't know. But I think we kind of got that in eight. It was, I don't think that necessarily actually happened in eight, but the marketing was definitely that. They yes. leaned into that a bit. But I think this ends with her hoarding, holding up a peace orb. that's right there might be a crack in it yeah Yeah. so there's a question of the future yeah i think uh i think the will the light side character fall to the dark side is actually given to kylo of you know Mm -hmm. right from the beginning of Mm -hmm. i feel the call the light side so i feel like that light dark question uh is more there for kylo than ray and for me the ship has sort of sailed on telling that story of ray what i do think it would be cool and might happen is more not her choosing the dark side but her choosing a darker, tough choice. Yeah. Because that's what Luke has set her up to expect of like, you have this awesome responsibility and you have to make hard choices if you have this responsibility of having all this power. Hmm. So I would be more interested because it made sense that Anakin and Luke are both tempted by the dark side. Mm -hmm. Ray's journey seems to me will be completed now that she has taken that mantle of responsibility. What do you do with it? I think right. it might be kind of a dark side choice of do I let somebody live or do I kill them? Right. I wouldn't be surprised Ooh. if the final, like, Ray's final moment is do I kill Kylo or do I let him live? Do it. Mm. <laughs> do it. And Ken goes to the dark side. <laughs> Holiday times. Our final question is from Chris Whitehead. If you could spend Christmas in the galaxy far, far away, where would you go and who would you invite for Christmas dinner? For me, I imagine the forest moon of Endor in winter is stunning, and guests would include Poe and the rest of Black Squadron. Sharing food and several beverages with them, along with a few Ewoks, would be great. (laughs) Jennifer, would you go to Endor for Christmas with the Ewoks? Chris, you make me sad because I want this to be real. (laughs) This is what I want my holidays to be. I put up my Ewok ornament on my tree and I looked at it and I went, well, this is a perfect setting. This little, you know, this Christmas tree looking like the forest moon. It just lends itself to the holidays. So, yeah, I want to go there. I think it'd be nice. It wouldn't be cold like Hoth. That makes me happy. (laughs) Would you still want to go if it was snowy on Endor? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the Ewoks would have fun beverage, like hot hot toddies oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So it'd be okay. <laughs> yeah, but what would be in them? Teak tea. Oh. They're, they're, yeah, they're well, teak tea. Teak yeah. tea. Oh, they're boy. hot, bloody cocoa. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh yes. Uh, 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 I'll answer, Ken, so we yeah. can close out with you. I don't know why this went in my head. Uh, I think it's because I'm a city person. I want to mm. go to Bespin. I want to see Bespin oh. just 
ridiculously lit up for the holidays. Like when you fly up to the city in the clouds, there are giant lights on the outside of Bespin. Right. Wow. And then you go walking down those gleaming hallways and there are wreaths everywhere and funky yep. art deco Christmas trees. Oh, beautiful. And then I want to go into that dining room and I want to have a happy meal with the solo Skywalkers, maybe about 10 years after. Yes. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Kylo's, Kylo's maybe, you know, getting, yeah. getting to be a tween. Just see what that dynamic is like. See what it is. Here, here's some here's some old war stories and and see a little bit of that uh, family bickering that I yeah. am familiar with from, from Christmas. Ben Solo, like I'm gonna go to my room and read my books. Yeah, and Uncle Lando trying to yeah. give everybody a good time. Just show everybody a good time. Have a little bit uh, too much. Yeah. <laughs> that Alderanian wine. Oh, for yeah. sure. He's down in the Tonneray like it's uh, still yeah. can be made. It's great because well, I was streaming uh, Battlefront two the other day and I was on, on the best spin level. So beautiful. And I was like, I think I said I was like, you know, I always answer when people are like, hey. Where do you want to live in the galaxy? I go Endor, Naboo. I, I think I'm going to start answering Bestman just based on like apartment living. It's the place to life. be. It's <laughs> yeah, beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, I uh, for holidays. So for what's going on here, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll you know when I lot, for years and thanks Thanksgiving for, for for my family, we'd go up to it's a place called Green Valley Lake up in the San Bernardino Mountains. It's a really small uh, mountain community. Uh, we go up there for some family. I would like to go to Akatu. Uh, a little quiet getaway. But at the same time, you have a holiday dinner with the uh, Lene, the caretakers down there yeah. having a nice party. We know they like to party. They do. I'll bring a little lightsaber to twirl. Yep. And then you can go back up to get some <laughs> solitude and have a nice uh, holiday meal by yourself. As someone who once spent Christmas morning uh, alone at a Carl's Jr. drive through and enjoyed it, <laughs> that's my kind of holidays. A little fermented yeah. thalassiren yeah. milk, right? As far as what I invite, you know, whoever's there. My family and, and Luke can come hang out there. <laughs> of course, Ghost Luke. Nice. Well, there you have it. Those are all of our questions for this special uh, Q&A episode. Thank you all who contributed. And like Joseph said, we keep track. Actually, not we. Joseph keeps amazing track <laughs> of the questions. Credit due uh, there. Uh, and we're going to answer more. We thank you so much for supporting during this past year. One more episode to, for wrap-ups. I'm not saying our goodbyes this year, but we appreciate uh, what you all bring in supporting and asking us questions and sharing and, and just celebrating Star Wars with us. If you have some questions, comments, your own answers of where you want to spend holidays in Star Wars, you can reach out on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Our website is forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. We are on Instagram and YouTube as well. New merch available at uh, tpublic.com slash user slash force center maybe you got a force center shirt for christmas maybe someone special in your life got us that let us know tweet it out and we'll share it with the world podcast available several spots including podomatic iHeartRadio, and spotify and patreon where we took a lot of these meaty juicy questions joseph that's where we're also working for some goals and looking to 2019 that is right we got some surprises coming so if you want to help us with those you can support us uh, on patreon that's patreon.com slash force center Absolutely. Do check out Force Center on YouTube because I'm telling you, good, cool surprise coming this week. If you're listening on Christmas Eve <laughs> and your family's in the other room, we appreciate it all. Before we leave, uh, we'll tell you where you can find us. Jennifer. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook wearing my new Ewok Christmas sweater. Oh, what a delight. Oh, I'm at Jennifer Landa. He forgets to say where I am. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out those social media sites where I will post whatever Star Wars presents my wife probably gets me, which I think she probably will. And if not, I'll go out immediately and buy something for myself. Uh, you can check out all my shows and comedy albums. Got a live show coming up in Los Angeles on New Year's Eve. Go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com. 
live shows page uh, and a happy December times to everyone listening. Absolutely. Here's Jennifer promoting herself. Dawn on the fifth day. Look to the east. <laughs> well, what, what's the handle? <laughs> Just look for me. You know where the to signs find me. will be in the clouds. <laughs> look for the Ewoks. <laughs> That's where I am. Look for the Ewoks. Follow me at Ken Napsock. That includes YouTube or the motivations with Ken. Uh, silly little videos I do in bathrobes. All right. That is it for this week. Thanks for the questions. All right. Let's go celebrate. Open up some gifts and drink eggnog until you're sick. We'll see you all next week here on Four Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 